Welcome to your daily jab of truth. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. Oh, I'm going to punch him out. If I'm going to punch him out, I'm going to go to jail. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. The MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. North is still north. People can yell at you. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get Across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea. Three hours of bold truth, excellence, and optimism for America. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Well, hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. We are delighted to sit behind the microphone emblazoned with WBR. And share with you the truth as we see it. Common sense conservatism, if that is what you are hungry for, grab a seat at the table because we are serving up plenty of it today. Welcome if you're a first timer, Wendy Bell Radio Network app. You can follow along. If you like to listen instead and you like to carve out all the commercials, remember the podcast, Wendy Bell Radio. And uh, as always, thanks for being a part of our family. We're delighted to have you here. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. The weekends are kind of cool times at my house. I sleep in a little bit, which means usually till 4.30 or 5. I enjoy the mornings in the darkness, just Murphy and me, coffee in the fireplace. I can catch up on some email, can see what's going on in the world, but really can hit up at that 30,000-foot spot where I like to, to look down and seeing everything going on in the landscape below. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's this crazy verdict against Donald Trump. In America today, you can be found guilty of sexual assault without ever being demonstrably proven to have touched anyone. You can be found guilty... And sentenced to, what, a jury's verdict of 80-odd million dollars simply by saying or for saying that you don't like someone's style or they're not your type. This is crazy. This is the politicization of justice. But so much as I see the world on the weekends, I get back to the basics of seeing the world through my mom's eyes, my eyes as a mom. And I find it exhausting how much you and I, all of, uh, all of we the parents out there, have to undo the garbage that is done to our children. All of the damaging messages, all of the false narratives, the inside out of everything LGBT everything 
It's such nonsense. And all of it is predicated on something that the left finds quote unquote wrong with some kind of an emotional trigger to it, followed by some overarching virtue signaling madness as a response. And then somewhere along the way, it being normalized by the media, by social media, by a corrupt government so that there is a desired outcome. It is manipulation. It is control. And those of us who have children aren't down with it. And it reminds me of, and I started this as a younger parent, seeing the change just in athletics. Now, if I ask you this question, how many of you, when you guys played sports or when you expected your children to play sports and encouraged it, how many of you really thought your kids were going to go pro? Anybody out there really think that? Of course not. Sports is a great metaphor for life. You have to learn how to be exceptional. Or if you're not, play a role as a lesser player, but try hard to get better, to not let the team down. You need to work with a coach. And various coaches have different kinds of aptitudes and motivations. There's, of course, the referees, the umpires of the game, who you will disagree with or agree with from time to time. And then managing the whole group effort thing, hopefully winning, and getting something out of it that you could take away in life. And somewhere around the time that my son Jack, number two, was in Little League, things started to get weird. And we stopped trying to win. It became an exercise in everybody gets a chance. Everybody has an at-bat, and that's fine. But I started to see that the priority of the team go from moving on, winning and advancing, to being kind of a babysitting environment where everybody kind of got to goof off and get a swing at, at the plate. And so you can imagine with five children of various aptitudes, various skill levels, I have some that are really good athletes. Extraordinary? No. Good? Absolutely. Are they going to play in college? No. Can they play intramurals? Can they have fun knowing the game forever? Sure which is all we wanted. When my son, Jack, who hated baseball, and the only reason he played is because his older brother played, and we needed them to both be somewhere, because I had three other kids to take care of, and they were very small. I decided to tell Jack one summer, I said, why don't you try out for the all-star team? All your friends are going, why not? I didn't think in a world that Jack would ever make it onto the all-star team. He should not have. Very cerebral-minded, not extraordinarily coordinated, but a doll to be around. Usually. <laughs> so he went down to the park with his buddies and tried out for the, for the team, all-star team, playing all summer long, right? Did I really want him to? I never thought a kid was going to. Makes the team. He came home to tell me he made the team. I was like, what? Okay, well, I, um, congratulations. All summer long. I schlepped Jack, hither and yon, all over western Pennsylvania, he saw one inning of play the entire summer season. That was Jack's all-star experience. His team went on to win. All of the people on the team got this giant trophy. I mean, monstrous trophy. And God bless my son, walking across the field with a smile on his face like I had never seen before, walking with this trophy. And one of my most shameful moments as a mother, I snapped. 
My kid had been dragged along, never participating, always sitting there riding the pine, and everybody knew it, and he knew it too, and it was humiliating. And I said to him, with that trophy, you go give that back. And he looked at me, and he turned around, and he marched it back to his coach. Epic failure on my part. There is a lesson in all of the madness out there, whether it's a forced vaccination, whether it's an $83 million verdict against you, whether it's being accused of things you never did, or it's friends who turn on you when they realize you're much more conservative than they. Jack was not ready at the age of 13 to understand what I was saying. And he gets it now. I don't want participation trophies. I don't want bubble wrap. I don't want the idea that everybody is equal. Because we are not. Everybody has gifts and talents, strengths and weaknesses, and we find those paths in our life where we can excel at our God-given gifts. I should have let Jack bring that trophy home. But I wanted him to realize something. And I hope he got the message. Poorly delivered. I'm tired of unraveling the social nonsense out there. This idea that we should all just be mediocre, right? We should all get a swing. We should all be okay with whatever the government gives us. That the stuff that our children are learning in schools, which is absolutely ridiculous, should be the new normal. It is exhausting. Unraveling the suck that is presented as normal in today's society. But in today's program, you're going to hear multiple stories of people and organizations and entire governments who are standing up and saying, no, those aren't the new rules of the game. And no, you don't decide those rules anyway. It has come to this. We are taking the team and we are changing its path. And for every parent and grandparent out there who sees their children get wooed by the promise of some kind of spotlight in the LGBTQIA plus insanity to the pressures of social media, all the while juggling just trying to manage very confusing time. I'm right there with you. It is the most important fight, the biggest war. It is one where victory must be certain. You'll hear about that today on this program. So grab another cup of coffee, grab your seat at the table, and get ready. The Wendy Bell Radio Network continues right after this. 
You know, there's a lot of grace that is learned through athletics. And we don't need a bunch of do-gooder, virtue-signaling adults meddling in children doing what they do best. You leave kids to their best devices, they'll figure out right and wrong. They'll come up with their own governance. They'll figure it out. Every single time my children played basketball, every season they were on, there was always a kid on the team who was the weakest link. One of the kids was the weakest link, right? So I know I had people who scored all the time. I had people who never got in the game. I had it all. It is what it is. But when you get parents out of it, when you let kids be kids, they learn invariably by the end of the, of the season, whether they were poised to make the playoffs or not. The worst player on the team got in. And the boys on the team would feed him the ball again and again and again and again so that the other team had no idea, what are you doing? We want that kid to, for the first time in his life, score a basket, right? This wasn't adults saying, hey, make sure you feed it to, to Jimmy over there. Jimmy's never gotten in. He's got no points in the book. The kids do it on their own. Left to their own devices. They see it. Maybe not at 30,000 feet, but at 15. They don't need us to meddle. And that's going to lead into this new poll. I love this. This is a political polls poll. <laughs> political polls. So I'm like, wow, that's catchy. Biden job approval among ages 18 to 29. See, we think that these young voters, these Generation Z, the Zoomers, we think that they don't, they don't get it. They're not paying attention. These are the people, if they did go to college, you've come out likely brainwashed and or indoctrinated, at the very least, jaded. Oh, they see very clearly. And Joe Biden is screwed. How about this? Biden job approval among ages 18 to 29. Among those who say they approve of President Biden's job performance so far, 27% disapprove. 71%, almost three to one. That's giant. Absolutely giant. This is the group of people for whom the Biden administration is trying to buy with college loan forgiveness. This is the generation this administration tried to buy with COVID acts money, CARES acts money, right? This is the generation that's told, don't, don't show your work. That's racist. It's okay. Who you are is based on what you look like and the boxes that you check, not the content of what is inside your soul. And this generation says, no. How about men and women, the number who strongly disapprove of Joe Biden? 65% of men. That is monstrous. 71%, 18 to 29, strongly disapprove of Joe Biden's job performance. 30 to 49, 65, 65%. Very strongly disapprove. And how about this? 
We seem to think that college... Oh, our kids get such a great education, they come out so smart. Really? How is it that 49% of students, 49% of young people, I should say, who have a postgraduate degree, they graduated from college, they went on to graduate school, they went to law school, they went to medical school, whatever it was, 49% strongly disapprove of the job Joe Biden has done so far. Compared with 71% who have a high school diploma or less. We have this great disconnect going on in this country. And it's amazing to see the scramble as the left, the uniparty, the swamp, the suck of all of it realizes that them rigging the system, them trying to make it all about feelings and emotions to make this not about the facts. Do you have what you need today as a young person in America to go out there and realize the the American dream? These young people realize they do not. And they also connect the dots. Who is the person who is standing in the way? Joe Biden. Period. And I am baffled by everybody out there who says, we need to be really afraid of Michelle Obama, a woman with zero government experience who has been historically apolitical in terms of policy, right? Who has no other qualifications other than in today's day and age, she's black and ostensibly female. And we're told, as everything else in this world blows up around us, that she's the one who's going to give us a run for our money? Are you out of your mind? This is how stupid the establishment thinks everybody else is. That you will forget what it was like under Donald Trump. And you will forget the misery of Joe Biden to rush out to the polls and to vote for somebody who offers you nothing except another four years of this never-ending garbage of America last. So for everybody out there who says Donald Trump has to have Nikki Haley, he needs to find a moderate. It's got to be RFK Jr. He needs somebody like that to smooth over and bring over the moderates. Really? Is that really what you think? Or do we need one decisive final blow? We'll talk about it. The relentless persecution of Donald Trump. We're going to talk about that coming up on the program. But this, Joe Biden's weaknesses, not just his feeble frailty, not just that, but everything that the world sees. Lost three American soldiers their lives. Are you kidding me? Let's talk about Jordan, what happened, and what comes next. Coming up right after this. You do not have to be a military expert or somebody who's a war historian to just walk around and feel that vibe of uneasiness where you start to see different people in your neighborhood, in your community, shopping at your stores, 
And I'm going to say it. They don't belong. You can tell. They don't speak English. They are totally new. They're loading up their cart with all sorts of stuff that you know you're paying for. It's easy to become suspicious, aware, angry, and to feel unsafe. Oh, that sounds like you think everybody who doesn't look like you is a terrorist. No, not at all. But we have what? 300 plus thousand people cross our border in December. Among them, in the first, what? The first section, the first couple months of this fiscal year, ladies and gentlemen, 2024, which begins in October. Since October, 35,000 unaccompanied children have crossed over into this country. Where are they? Where do they go? Who takes them in? It's like my question about Hawaii. Where are the children? Where did they go? Damn right I feel unsafe. And certainly when stories like this break over the weekend, we have one place to look. It is to a weak and ineffective president. And a puppeteer behind him who is specifically pulling the strings to put us in more danger. So when you hate a place that is the best, when you hate exceptionalism, when your whole goal, because it was baked into you in in college and law school, I'm talking about Barack Obama, when your focus is the destruction of the greatest place on planet Earth, How do you achieve that goal? You weaken everything. The infrastructure, the military, people's faith and belief in medicine and science. You infiltrate the media and big technology. You propagandize garbage and you project to other countries who've long wanted to destroy us themselves. We are a sitting duck country. And that is what this headline conveys to me from over the weekend. What's another three dead military people? Eh. Are you kidding me? Because that's the lukewarm response we got from Joe Biden. Headline Breitbart. Biden, three Americans killed, quote, many wounded in drone attack by Iran-backed militia in Jordan. The same Iran whose $6 billion we unfroze so that they could gain access to it. The same Iran we've given money and weapons. It seems like we're funding everybody, just not ourselves. And you and I don't have any voice in that. Three American service members killed many wounded in a drone strike in Jordan, President Joe Biden said in a statement Sunday. He attributed the attack to Iran-backed militia groups. They were the first U.S. fatalities in months of strikes against American forces across the Middle East by Iranian-backed militias amid the Israel-Hamas war in Gaza, increasing the risk of escalation. So what do you do? 
when a bully is taking shots at you again and again and again 159 times in the last 104 days we have been attacked whether it be our military bases our installations that's how many it is one every 15 hours and they've gotten away with it again and again and again but now there is death and so what happens next biden said the united states will hold all those responsible to account at a time and in a manner of our choosing that sounds powerful doesn't it that conveys a message of strength doesn't it of course not and that's the point that's the whole point weak we are weak our military stockpile has been diminished the same way as our strategic petroleum reserve we have given to ukraine what almost half of what we have and now we know that ukraine has lost a significant amount of that where did it possibly go i have no idea but let's absolutely in the senate Negotiate some kind of a border deal that continues the steady funding and abuse and theft and corruption and sock of Ukraine. U.S. troops have long used Jordan as a basing point, and the attack took place in northeast Jordan near the Syrian border. U.S. Central Command said 25 service members were in 25 freaking service members were injured in the attack, in addition to the three killed. Now, is anybody out there even remotely surprised? Considering we gave the Taliban. $80 billion worth of equipment after they blew up 13 of our sons and daughters. Now tell me, who out there really honestly believes that anything the left is serving up, that the rhino uniparty right is in agreement with, is good for America? Because it's not. And where do we have Lloyd Austin in all of this? What do we have Lloyd Austin doing? Worrying about LGBTQIA plus initiatives in the military. Trying to remedy a woeful recruitment, a recruitment dip by now watering down the requirements. You don't even need to have a high school degree. You don't even need to be able to run a mile. We just need somebody in the in the boots, apparently. It's almost like we could have seen this coming. Jordanian state television quoted a government spokesperson in Jordan, insisting the attack happened outside the kingdom across the border in Syria. Not us. It was them. Don't pay attention to us. The conflicting information could not be immediately reconciled. Does anybody out there believe anything that the government would tell them about this? Do you believe that? Biden on Sunday was briefed by Austin. National Security Advisor of Suck Jake Sullivan and Principal Deputy National Security Advisor John Finer. All of this relayed to us by Corinne Jean-Pierre. Thank goodness we have trust and faith in her. So we've got that going for us. 159 attacks since October 7th. One attack every 15 hours. GOP response. 
Republicans hitting Biden for the U.S. military deaths in Jordan. Quote, he left our troops as sitting ducks. Of course he did. How else can you start another another war? Money flow's got to keep going, right? Republicans blasted President Joe Biden after the U.S. military announced three American troops were killed, 25 injured, in a drone attack Sunday in Jordan. Joe Biden emboldened Iran for years by tolerating attacks on our troops, bribing the Ayatollahs with billions of dollars and appeasing them to no end. He left our troops as sitting ducks. And now three are dead, dozens wounded, sadly, as I've predicted would happen for months. Senator Tom Tom Cotton said in a statement. Lindsey Graham hopping in on this. Lindsey Graham, who wants to play now that he's all against this, though. Wasn't he the one who said we needed to to get involved much more seriously and bomb Iran? Isn't that what he said? Lindsey Graham. He wanted to hit all their oil refineries. Absolutely. Mr. Pacifist. Pacifist Lindsey Graham. What a guy. I forget. Maybe maybe he forgets, too, that 8x10 glossy he got when he and members of Congress hitched the ride to uh, to Ukraine to meet with Zelensky and take that picture. The photo op. Hmm. Lindsey Graham said the Biden administration's policy of deterrence against Is- Iran rather has failed miserably. So have you, uh, sir, because you're negotiating with these people. With regard to our southern border, funding to close the gaps, seal it, build it, and stop it. And you ought to be able to do that, Senator, without sending one more of our taxpayer dollars to one of the most corrupt zip codes on planet Earth, Lindsay. Ted Cruz. Blasting Biden and the administration for making a day one decision not just to appease the Iranian regime, blah, blah, blah. This is where hope and prayers, thoughts and prayers don't really cut the mustard anymore. Because when it results in American sons and daughters dying halfway around the world, for what exactly? So that Joe Biden, his crime family syndicate and others in governments all around the planet can get rich off of war? The way Fauci got rich off of a virus. I believe none of them. But at least we're helping the scumbags get rich in Ukraine. Yes, that's true. Five Ukrainian officials charged with stealing $40 million in war funds. The most corrupt country in the world. Is it though? Or is it ours? Employees of a Ukrainian arms firm and officials from the nation's defense ministry joined forces to embezzle nearly $40 million in war funds. That money meant to purchase 100,000 mortar shells for the country's ongoing war with Russia, according to Ukraine's security service. Where did it go? Well... According to a recent Inspector General report, as of June 2nd of last year, the U.S. had transferred to Ukraine at least $1.7 billion in items that by law qualify for enhanced end-use monitoring. And DOD officials paid attention to none of it. Oh, it's gone? All of it's missing? Where did it go? Bring all our people home. I wouldn't want my sons dying 
for a government that hates itself. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Wendy Bell Radio Program, did you guys see what's going on in France? France is ahead of us. Full on revolution. Holy mackerel. Details next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So this is a site I have never <laughs> I have never stumbled upon, nor have I read from. But I've been very intrigued by this revolt, not just by the, the farmers, the truckers who have joined them in Germany, but also what is going on in France. And if you look at our the, the attention that we spend on Amos Miller, the Amish farmer who's essentially been shut down by the Department of Agriculture here in Pennsylvania, absolutely shut down. They allege that he's gotten people sick. His eggnog, whatever, got people sick. And so they're shutting everything down. They're going after this guy, filing a civil lawsuit against him, his wife, all of it. It is retribution. It is also trying to take control of the food supply. Why do you need to take control of the food supply? Because if people can feed themselves, if we are self-sustaining, if we do and live the way the Mennonite or the Amish do, where we govern ourselves, where we understand everybody's got a job to do when we all have to work together, when we become that moment on the basketball court, when the team, the kids on the, on the court are feeding the kid on the team who's never scored before the ball again and again and again until the other team finally realizes what they're up to and they let the kid score because they get it. Farmers get it. The website is socialistworker.com, right? What? Well, let's hear. See what's going on. This is the headline. Will the French farmers revolt go to the left or the right? The job of the left and workers' organizations is to pull the movement in a good direction, not stand apart and spectate. I want to hear this. They've blocked roads. They have dug up the roads. They have a list of demands in France. These, these farmers have a list of demands, and they will not stop until they are met. French farmers have launched militant protests across the country with road blockades, spraying slurry at town halls. It's not pleasant stuff, let me tell you. And Operation Snail Tractor Convoys to snarl up traffic. Farmers will begin the siege of the capital for an indefinite period from Monday starting at 2 p.m. Today in just a little while. I don't know what the time difference is. It's probably already started. This is full-out revolution. All of the main roads leading into Paris will be occupied by farmers, said the FINSEE. This is the farmer's main organization, FNSEA, FINSEE. On Friday, over 70,000 farmers. I want you to think about that. Think about wherever you watch football. If you love a, a, a professional football team, how many people can be seated in that stadium? Think about that many people on their freaking tractors in one country and saying, hell no. This isn't the way we see the future, friends. That is what's going on. More than 70,000 farmers with 41,000 tractors protested in 85 of France's 101 departments. 
They set up 60 blockades of major roads, mainly in heavy agricultural areas. They stopped traffic for varying lengths of time on six motorways. They burned a building on the rural benefits of the Rural Benefits Office. Elsewhere, they set alight toll booths near Montpellier. I'm sure I said it wrong. And a customs office in Nimes. I'm not a global traveler, guys. Sorry. Farmers, they stopped lorries carrying produce from countries outside France. This is real poverty there for many small farmers squeezed by these big producers, the government and the supermarkets. As one farmer put it, our costs are increasing as for everyone, diesel, energy, plant health products. But we can't sell what we produce because everyone else, their cost of living is going up too. One farmer said, my farm, 55 hectares of apples, pears, and kiwi pays me 680 pounds a month. I have children. Without my partner's salary, we would not get by. He receives 35 cents for every kilo of of apples. These are not people getting rich. These are people getting squeezed. These are people for whom Bill Gates says, stop. We can bioengineer that. And when everybody finds out that those bioengineered synthetic meats And milks have been linked to turbo cancer. Ah, Whatever. Are you guys fully boosted, though? That's what they want to know. You have pushback that is off the rails now. Because these folks, these farmers, have been pushed to the point of destruction. And this is the final stand. I'm watching this and I'm wondering, do we the people here in America have this fight to stand with Texas, to stand with California and Arizona whose borders have been overrun? Do we have what it takes? This convoy These three various convoys leading to various border entry points to stand together when our own federal government says, grab the shears. We're cutting down the razor wire so the flood of insanity can continue. Where are the children? Where do they go? And why does nobody ask? Still to come on the Wendy Bell Radio program, my friends, on the second hour, I call this the Obama-Biden squeeze play. Do you see what they did? No more liquefied natural gas proceeds for Texas. Can't export it anymore. Texas is the third largest exporter of liquefied natural gas products in the world. America's largest. And Joe Biden just said, well, Barack Obama said, you want to... You want to protect the southern border? You, you want to do that? Because we're going to screw you. America last. Don't doubt it. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.